visited our website, you'll recognize that I am not Bishop Jason Quinones. Um, my name is Pastor Aldo Banos. I am uh, the uh, administrative pastor, and uh, Bishop has asked me to go ahead and preach this morning. So if you don't know me, now you know me. <sighs> God is so good. Amen. Amen. I would ask if you guys would go ahead and turn your Bibles to the book of 2 Timothy, chapter 1. And I'm just going to read one verse. And it is verse number 7. When you got to say soap. Okay, I'll wait for more soaps. Hallelujah. Now I know we're all there because Bishop says so. Feel it. The word of the Lord says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. Everybody say power. Power. Well, I like that. And of love and of a sound mind. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning, dear Lord Jesus, thanking you, my Lord God, for this awesome time that we've had in worship, my Lord God. You truly are good and you are glorious and you are worthy to be praised, dear God. Father God, I pray that as we take these few moments, my Lord God, to get into your word, dear God, that you would open up our hearts, my Lord God, our minds. My Lord God, open our understanding, my Lord Jesus, that we would hear your spirit and that we would heed your word, dear Lord Jesus. Father God, I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You can be seated. So Bishop asked me to preach, and when he said, hey, you're preaching, I said, Okay, <laughs> what do you say to that? So then I started thinking about, you know, okay, Lord, and, and praying, God, what do you want me to preach? And the situation happened with my daughter, and I was like, ooh, that's a perfect situation. So my daughter has this um, irrational fear. I'm not going to tell you what it is because I promised my wife that I would not say what it was. Uh, but anyway, she's got this fear. And so uh, we were shipping her off to uh, vacation Bible school, and the first day that my wife brought her to the place, the fear manifested itself. It came out. And uh, my daughter caused quite the scene, uh, which uh, provoked reproach from some of the older Spanish ladies that were there. My wife loved that. Um, and so she ended up, my, my daughter ended up not being able to participate that day. And so I was like, wow, man, fear is powerful. That's crazy. Prevented her from having a good time. And then I was reminded of uh, a moment where I was very fearful. And it was very irrational to, to be afraid. Um, I was in, uh, in junior high, back when they had junior high. And so I was in junior high, and uh, we had different units in gym, right? And, you know, we had the football unit. I was cool with that. We had the basketball unit. I was the man at that. And we had the volleyball unit, and, uh, and then we had uh, the swimming unit. And so we entered into the swimming unit, and all of a sudden I got sick. Um, <laughs> sickness <laughs> invaded my body. Um, but then uh, after, after a couple of, of uh, days, you know, they were like, uh, listen, you're going to have to go ahead and do your thing. So I said, okay. So then I attempted to swim, and I sank. And yeah, yeah, which was not good. I couldn't swim. So I went through the whole ordeal of learning how to swim. By the end of the semester, wow, like a fish. And so now the test to be able to graduate from the beginner to the intermediate class was that you had to swim from the shallow end all the way to the deep end and back. And it was horrible. And this was so crazy because I could swim as long as we were going this way, I was good. Even in the deep end, as long as we were going this way. But as soon as we went ahead and started swimming from the shallow end to the deep end, and I saw that, you know, in the distance, because, you know, when you swim in the water, you can't really see that good. Thank you, Jesus. But, you know, you could kind of see the darkness <laughs> off in the distance. And I don't know why, but that scared the living daylights out of me. But, you know, I was able to go ahead and do it. Once. And so I passed the test. So the following semester, guess what we had again? <laughs> swimming. Swimming unit. And guess what the test was to make sure that you were okay in the intermediate class? 
You had to swim, right, exactly. Man, let me tell you, that, that was so crazy because just fear over, it was paralyzing. I'm swimming, I'm like right in the middle of the pool. And now it wasn't that I didn't know how to swim because I could swim. I was, man, I was like, oof, technique was amazing. My teacher was like, wow, you've got great technique. And I was like, thank you. I work on it. And so I'm right in the middle of the pool. And guess what happens? I start singing, help, help. The teacher was pretty upset at me because he had to jump in with clothes and everything, go ahead and get me a, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It was, it was that bad, yeah. So then after I dried off on the side of the pool, he's like, what happened? I was like, oh man, I got scared. So I wasn't able to advance to the intermediate class, not because I didn't know how to swim, but because fear got in my way. So today I want to go ahead and speak about, a little bit about fear. So I started searching the scripture, searching the scripture. So the first scripture that kind of came to mind was uh, in, in the book of 1 Kings. Now, we're going to read a lot today, all right? So I hope you brought your Bibles with you. If it's on your phone, hallelujah, iPad, whatever, you know, you got your Kindle fire, whatever. So go ahead and bust those out. We're going to go ahead and, um, and be in, in the book of 1 Kings. Um, so it's, it's amazing, though, because fear, paralyzing fear. I mean, I'm talking about that fear that, you know, um, th- that makes you make those funny noises. You know, like when somebody scares you and you do the... <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> the fear that paralyzes my wife and my daughter. Daddy! I know that yell. It's a bug. It's a bug. I got to go ahead and come with my flip-flop ready. Cock <laughs> back. Ah. Then I got to go ahead and come with the disinfectant because my wife is like, no, you got to go ahead and make sure you disinfect. <laughs> I got it, babe. Thank you. So in the book of 1 Kings, we see uh, a story with the uh, prophet Elijah. And uh, it begins with, um, with God speaking to Elijah, and he tells Elijah, listen, I need you to go see King Ahab. So he's like, all right, cool. So King Ahab and him, they go ahead and meet. And he's like, oh, look at you, King Ahab. Oh, troubler of Israel is what he calls Elijah. And Elijah's like, oh, yeah, you're going to try to shout me out. Who's the one that has uh, turned his back on God and followed the Baals? Oh, that's you, right? Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> so anyway, right after they have that back and forth, Elijah tells King Ahab, listen, I need you to do this. I need you to go ahead and gather the people of Israel. And I need you to go ahead and gather the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah that eat at your wife Jezebel's table. Bring them all to Mount Carmel. So he's like, all right, that's cool. Let's go ahead and go. So once they're there, everybody's gathered. They have a contest. I love this part. Elijah says, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to go ahead and prove once and for all whose God is real and who isn't. So he said to the people, first he shouts the people out. He's like, man, how long are you guys going to go ahead and go back and forth between God, true living God, and Baal? When are you guys going to choose? Nobody said nothing because, you know, nobody wanted to go ahead and get out of line. So he's like, all right, this is what we're going to do. You're going to bring us two bulls. We're going to go ahead and set up the sacrifice. But don't put no fire under it. I won't put any fire under mine. You don't put any fire under yours. We're going to go ahead and chop it up. We're going to go ahead and set it up. And then whosoever God calls fire from heaven, right, and consumes the sacrifice, that's the one. So we'll know. So everybody was like, all right. That's a good idea. Let's do that. So we'll pick it up in... uh, Chapter 18, verse 36. Oh, man, I should have turned there. All that yip yap, and now I got to go ahead and turn. My bad. I need, like, an assistant to assist me. All right, chapter 18, verse 36. The word of the Lord says, So the water ran... Wait. Yes. 
No, First Kings. Did I say First Kings? It is First Kings. But hold on. That's not where I wanted to pick it up. That's not where I wanted to be. 36, yes. And it came to pass at, that, at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. Oh, let me back up a little bit. So the prophets of Baal went first. Elijah was like, you know, he was courteous. He's like, okay, since you guys are a whole bunch, you, know, you guys got to figure out who's going to do this, who's going to do that. I'm cool because I got to do it all. So I'm okay with that. So you guys go ahead and figure out how you guys are going to do this. Go ahead and do it first. So the prophets of Baal like, all right, cool. We're going to go ahead and chop up the bull. We're going to go ahead and set up the altar, put the wood on there. And then we're going to go ahead and get to dancing. Right? So they start dancing. They start shouting. They start doing their thing, calling on their guy. That was in the morning. So now they went ahead and had this, this thing from the morning until noon. And then at noon, Elijah's sitting there like, man. Maybe your God is sleeping. You guys need to shout a little bit louder. Maybe he went on a journey or something like that. Just a little bit louder. I don't think you guys are going ahead and put enough heart into this. Come on. So the prophets, you know, and then they got, they, they upped the ante, right? They're like, you know what? Maybe we should cut ourselves. So they started cutting themselves, as was their custom. Cutting themselves, the blood was flowing. They were going all out. And nothing happened. Absolutely nothing. So then the evening came. This is where we're going to go ahead and pick it up in verse 36. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel and I am your servant and that I have done all these things at your word. Hear me, O Lord. Hear me, that this people may know that you are the Lord God and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. This is where it gets good. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice. Now, hold on. Before that, this is what they did with this burnt sacrifice. He said, Elijah said, listen, I need you to go ahead and do this. We're going to go ahead and soak the sacrifice so that y'all know that ain't no, no trick, no nothing. They took 12 water pots and poured it on top of the sacrifice. They went ahead and dug a trench and filled it with water. Just so you know. So there's no doubt. And so it says, Then the fire of the Lord fell on and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust. And it licked up the water that was in the trench. Now, when all the people saw it, now, right? Now, when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces, and they said, the Lord, he is God. Now, right? Now that I went ahead and did, and did now the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Verse 40, and Elijah said to them, seize the prophets of Baal. Do not let one of them escape. So they seized them, and Elijah brought them down to the brook of Kishon and executed them there. Now, I don't know about you, but if I saw that today, I'd be like, oh, yes, he is Lord, he is. I'd probably be like that, Lord, you are Lord, God, oh, I was just kidding, Lord Jesus, have mercy on me. I'd probably do the same thing. Now, there's no doubt, right, no doubt that God is God and that Elijah is his prophet, right? Let's skip down. This is amazing. Let's skip down to verse 19. I mean, chapter 19. We'll start reading in the first verse. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. Also, how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. Verse 3. And when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life and went to Beersheba, where, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. Now, wait a minute. Come out. Is this not the prophet of God? 
Did fire not fall from heaven when he prayed? Did it not consume the burnt sacrifice? And now when he received word that his life was in danger, he decides to run. What happened? What happened? He had amnesia. Fear. Fear gripped his heart. Caused him to forget. And sometimes that happens to us. God uses us gloriously or we see an, an awesome manifestation, but then something else rises up against us. And what happens? We forget. We forget the God that we serve. We forget how he delivered us. We forget that he is our hope. We forget that he is our protector. We forget that he is our strong tower. We forget that he hides us in the cleft of his hand. We forget. Fear. Amnesia. We forget. And that is why it's so important. So important that we stay in the word. Because fear is going to come, whether we like it or not. But what are we going to do? Are we going to run in the face of fear? Knowing how good and how glorious and how awesome, are we, we, just started, we just sang it, how awesome and how glorious our God is. Do we believe it? Not do we know it, do we believe it? Do we believe that what he says in his word is true? Do we believe that he is the mighty giant that goes before us? Do we believe that in our hearts? Not do we know it, because listen, we know a lot of things. And sometimes we memorize a lot of scripture, sometimes. And, um, and we say, yeah, yeah, no, our God is great. He is awesome. He is amazing. Is he? Is he? Because you, if you know that he's able to deliver you, if you know that you are under his protection, if you know these things and you believe it in your heart, that no matter what may come, you're not going to run in the face of fear. He is the almighty one. He is the one that abides eternity. He is the alpha and the omega, the beginning, the end. He knows the end from the beginning. So he knows nothing surprises our God. So nothing surprises our God. God isn't like, oh, oh me. He knows, and he's already planned for it. But the thing is that we don't know. So at this time, when things start facing you, what do you do? Do you turn tail and do you run? Or do you cry out to him? you trust in him? I know, I know. I felt the same way. I felt the same way. So fear can cause you to forget how great God is. Next. Sometimes fear can come between you and your blessing. It can happen. And it's crazy because you don't even realize it. Sometimes when you realize it, it's too late. And you got to go ahead and start over again. You know those trials, right? God brings you to a trial. He knows, you know what I'm saying? He's like, okay, ready. What are you going to do? Are you going to trust me? Or are you going to be like, ah, oh God, I, I can't. I can't do it. I can't do it. And God is not asking you to do it alone. God is asking you to trust me. Trust me and we'll do it together. Watch me. I know it's impossible. And that's the thing. We serve a God that causes us to do crazy and impossible things alone. Alone. Why? Because he wants to get the glory. He's, he wants people to say, oh, this person's doing it? What? And it's like, no. God through me is doing it. So... Are we going to be fearful or are we going to be courageous? What are we going to be? In the book of Numbers, let me turn there first while I go ahead and start yip yapping. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. Why are you laughing? That's how I remember. Numbers, chapter 13. I'm going to read the first verse and then I'm going to go ahead and give you a little synopsis. Like that? Synopsis. When you gotta say so. so. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan. 
which I am giving. Everybody say giving. Giving. Giving to the children of Israel for each tribe, from each tribe of their fathers. You shall send a man, everyone, a leader among them. Okay. So here they come about to enter the promised land, right? They come out of Egypt. The children of Israel come out of Egypt. They're walking around in the wilderness. You know, they, they go ahead, they escape Pharaoh's men through the Red Sea, right? God parts the waters, and we're just chilling, walking through, walking through. Wow, that's amazing. Um, and then, you know, the, the, the army of Pharaoh uh, kind of falls in, in the water, right? Amazing stuff. Going through the wilderness, Lord, we're hungry. Uh, you know, he provides food. And so we see that they're about to enter, right? About to take possession of the land, the promised land, right? They were in captivity, and God said, listen, well, I'm going to call you out. I'm going to take you to a land that flows with milk and honey, right? Which is amazing. Milk, honey. Hey, that sounds like a good place to be. So Moses says, all right, we're going to go ahead and choose a leader from each tribe, right? Support, right? Choose a leader for Okay, so he gathers them up and he's like, all right, guys. This is what we're going to do. Here's the plan. I want you guys to go ahead and spy out this land. I want you to tell me what, it's, what the land is like. I want you to let me know. Are the people strong or are they weak? Is it a lot of people? A little bit of people? Is the land good or bad? What are the cities like? Are they strongholds? Do they look like camps? What are we dealing with here? Is the land rich or is it poor? Are there forests or not? And also, bring me back a doggy bag. (laughs) Bring back some fruit. So I said, all right, cool. We heading out. So they go ahead and head out. And they're out there spying the land. Looking at this, looking at that. Spying it out. Then they come back. Right? And they're like, yes, all right, here we go. What's the land like? Here comes back the report. Oh, truly, the land flows with milk and honey. Yes, all right, it's amazing. But, why are people going to throw that but in there? But, the people are strong who dwell there. Cities are fortified. There's giants in the land. I love that. Sometimes, not all the time, mind you. Sometimes I like getting, you know, those negative reports. Oh, well, no, it's too much, or it's too much work, or we can't do that because, you know, we, we just don't have the funds, or we don't have this, or we don't have that, we don't have the manpower, we don't. But I love it when God calls us to do things that just look impossible to do. I get excited. Why do I get excited, you might ask? Well, because I know that God is going to do something. And it's going to be glorious. Right. You know, sometimes when you hear a negative report, you know, we, we tend to be like, oh, oh, well, I guess God isn't calling me to that. <laughs> so you turn and you go ahead and do your own thing. And it's like, man, when are you going to get it? I'm calling you to do something crazy because I'm going to help you through it. I'm going to do it. All you got to do is just step in faith. All you have to do is just step out and watch me work. God wants us to watch him work. Watch him do the impossible. Why? So we can testify of his goodness, of his greatness. If we don't go ahead and put ourselves, if we put ourselves always in a situation where we can go ahead and handle it on our own, who are we doing it for? How are we doing it? Is it by my own strength? Is it on my own steam? Or am I having to depend on the Lord? Am I having to depend on him to get it done so that he can get the glory? Whose kingdom are we building? His or ours? I thought we were building his. So are we trying to do what we can do, what he wants us to do, what he knows that he can accomplish through us? Greater things, right? We're supposed to be doing greater things. What are we doing? Fear holds us back, man. We're like, no, I can't do it. Of course you can. It's God through you. Come on. This whole time, as I'm preparing this message, I'm like, man, Lord, so many things that, 
you know, you, you gave me the opportunity, and then things, things started just flashing through your mind and be like, man, see, I wanted to do this, but see, you, you're like, no, Lord, I'm scared. I can't, I can't do it. I'm scared. I don't want to do it. Even preaching today, I was like, oh. I was like, Bishop, are you sure? You, you sure you want me to? Even getting up to do announcements every week, and I know y'all are like, come on, man. Really, it is nerve-wracking. Sometimes I'm like, oh, man, what am I going to say? What am I going to do? It's, just, it's crazy. But you do it. You go out and you do it. You, you're courageous, even in the midst of fear. So let's pick up in verse, uh, chapter 13 and verse 30. I love, I love this. Caleb, Caleb is crazy. Caleb and Joshua, they're, they're trying to go and convince the people. In verse 30, he says, then Caleb quieted the people. Because after they heard that report, everybody was like, oh, no, we're going to die. Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once. He's like, yo, let's go now. I'm ready. Let's go now. Go up against the people. Hello? For they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone. Now, now it's not flowing. They, they forgot about the milk and honey. The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants. The descendants of Anak came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. How many people are ready to go after we're grasshoppers in people's sight? Nobody. Come on. <laughs> and the problem is this, is that it wasn't just somebody's saying this. There were the leaders. There were leaders in each tribe. Remember who was sent out? Leaders. We all lead somewhere in some capacity, whether at home, at work, in church, wherever. What kind of report are you giving? What kind of report are you giving? I mean, the facts might be plain as day. I get that. I get that. But do you have the heart of Caleb and say, I know there's giants in the land. So what? My God is greater, right? My God is greater. <laughs> we sing it every Sunday. Come on. Well, not every Sunday. But, you know, we sing it on Sundays. You know, we hum it in the car, and it's great, but as soon as we step out of the car, is your God greater? Amen. When he calls you to do these things, is he greater? Really? In your heart, is he greater? Do you see the giants? Do you see that the people are strong? Do you see that the cities are strong, but you say, you know what, God? It's amazing. You're going to do something awesome because I know, I know that these strongholds and these people and these giants they're all strong, and I couldn't do it on my own. But when we fast forward, what happened? What happened when the people of Israel crossed over the Jordan? What happened when they came to Jericho? Was that, not, was that city not fortified? Was it not crazy big? God had a plan. A crazy plan. It was crazy. They were looking at these people like, what? What are you doing? Walking around. And... But what happened? Didn't the walls come down? Do we trust him? Do we trust him? Or do we trust more in our emotions? Do we say, oh, well, you know what? I, I, have, to listen to, I have to listen to my heart. <laughs> right in my heart. Okay? Or are we going silent to those, silence those voices and say, you know what? No matter how I feel, no matter what people might say, we can overcome because God has called me to do it. Not because I'm trying to do it on my own strength because I couldn't on my own. But because he has strengthened me and he has called me. Remember what we read at the beginning. This is the land that was promised to them. This is the land that was promised to them. So you know what they were saying? God, you're a liar. Look at the report. God, you're a liar. God was like, what? <laughs> I'm going to kill all y'all. <laughs> <Boom. laughs> 
But he's gracious and he's merciful. And thank God. The people of Israel needed to thank God for Moses. Because let me tell you. No, Lord. No, don't kill him. Don't do it. But aren't we the same? It's crazy. It is crazy how much we doubt God. And listen, we have all of this. All these, yeah, exactly. all of this, we have all these examples to teach us that God is faithful. And if he said it, he means it. It is the truth. Yesterday, today, tomorrow, the next day, it is true. It is true. But do we believe it? Not do we know it, do we believe it in here? Then no matter how much, how I feel, no matter how negative the report is, my God is still great. And he's still going to accomplish it. He's still going to do it. I don't know how he's going to do it, but that's the exciting part about God. I love it when he surprises me. Surprise. It's amazing. And I totally lost my place in my notes. <laughs> Thank you. Hallelujah. Somebody's getting it. The result, so what happens? Israel starts complaining. Oh, we're so good at that. God, why? Why, Lord? Why did you take us out of Egypt? Why didn't we die there? Why didn't we die in the wilderness? Why don't I die right now? It's like, oh, I want to kill you. <laughs> Being so disobedient. How many times do I have to prove myself to you people before you get it? How many times does God have to prove himself to us before we get it? What he's saying is true. He is with us. Empowering us. Giving us that courage. Releasing us to do what he has called us to do. Let's not hesitate. Let's not hesitate. This is not double dutch. Okay? You ain't trying to find it. Just go! You're not going to get whipped in the face. That was funny. Oh, man. It was so crazy. Even though, even after everything happened, they're like, oh, you know, I got a great idea. Sounds like Alina. I got a great idea. Why don't we pick a new leader? And we'll go back to Egypt. Okay. Um, you remember you were like the slaves in Egypt, right? You weren't free in Egypt. It wasn't like you were doing whatever you wanted to do. Didn't you have taskmasters back there? Oh, you forgot about that, right? No, but we were able to fish and we were getting, you know, able to eat meat and, you know. What? Bondage. You were in bond. So what you're saying is this, is that I, this, this is too much for me. I'd rather go back to bondage. Because of my fear, I would rather be in bondage. Because it's too great, I would rather be in bondage. What is that? That's crazy, right? I mean, you stop and you think about this, but... Fear causes you to think irrationally. You just, you know, you're just grasping at, at straws and you're like, oh, this is, it'd be a great idea. Let's go back and let's be in bondage. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> Who wants to lead us? And... <laughs> it's crazy. And I know God wanted, he, he definitely wanted just done with you guys. Chapter 14. We're going to pick it up in verse 6. But Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh. I don't know if that's how you say it, but it's fun to say it like that. <laughs> who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes, Hulk Hogan style. And they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, The land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. Now, it wasn't just 
good. It was exceedingly good. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Sometimes people are placed in our lives to remind us of the promises that God has given us, things that God has already spoken to us and that we know, but because of fear, sometimes we forget. Amen. Glory to God for those people. Because sometimes, all the time for me, I need reminding. I need reminding. I need reminding of the calling of my life. I need reminding that God is with me. I need reminding that even though the situations might seem difficult, it's because he is with me and going through it with me. I'm not doing it alone. It is, and it isn't for my glory. It's for his glory. So when we come out on the other side, we can testify to other people that are going through those same situations and saying, God, where are you? And we come to them and encourage them through that. Why? Because we've been there. And God has brought us through. Where was I? Nine. Very important. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them. And the Lord is with us. Who is with them? The Lord. the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. This is crazy what happens next. Verse 10. And all the congregation said to stone them with stones. Now the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of meeting before all the children of Israel. Sometimes we're going to go ahead and get negative reports. Sometimes the facts are going to be just daunting it's gonna happen but then there are other people that are gonna say to us listen I know that God has told you he's spoken to you to go through this to go and take possession of the land it's exceedingly good is it gonna be hard absolutely but with God all things are possible right do we believe that? Oh, Lord, help our unbelief. Help our unbelief. God performed so many signs and wonders to these people. He promised them this land. Why would he leave them now? God will never call you to do something that he's not already prepared the way for you. Even though it sounds crazy and impossible and crazy, God is still going to be with you. And he will see you through. And then you're going to look back and be like, wow, look what God did. Look what God did. He was our provision. He made a way. He did it. And that builds our faith. It builds our faith. It, it speaks to us. that we com It confirms what we know in our hearts. That he is real. That he is awesome. That he is amazing. Yes, he is. But if we're not willing to step out in that, then we're never going to see anything. We're going to stay at home and be like, man. It's like watching Discovery Channel. You see all these amazing things. People going here and going that. And let me tell you. Recently went to Hawaii. And I mean, I've seen pictures of Hawaii and stuff, and it's beautiful and all that. It's nice, you know. But when you get there, man, it is beautiful. It is awesome. If I could afford it, I would live there. I would just take all of you guys with me. <laughs> so we could have Faith Dome in Hawaii. Hawaii Dome. <laughs> I love it. Got a great ring to it. Um, I'm going to be selling candy in the foyer to raise funds to move you guys. <laughs> God can do it! <laughs> but it's one thing to speak about it, another thing to read about it, and a completely different thing to experience it for yourself. 
because then you know that you know it. You know his goodness. You've tasted and seen that it is awesome, and you're like, whoa, I can't. That's why you see some people, people that are Christian, you know, they're like, yes, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And some people might be reserved, and that's cool. Isn't it? But other people, you know, you say, oh, thank you, Jesus. Wow. They start running up and down. Because they ain't tasted Jesus and they know it's good. Mm, good. And that's why they say we want you more and more and more and more because he is so awesome and so amazing because we've experienced him. We haven't just read about him. People haven't just talked to us about him. We've experienced him. And that's the thing. Sometimes, you know, you might be afraid. I was talking to somebody and I said, hey, man, why don't you, why don't you go ahead and come to church and you know, hang out and stuff. Oh, oh uh. if I step into a church, uh, the Lord will strike me down. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Oh, the Lord will strike me down. You know, I'm just, I got to clean myself up and, you know, I got to get right before I, you know, go to his house. I said, look, you ain't got to do that. Gotta clean you up. You just gotta come as you are. That's right. Not stay as you are. <laughs> Don't get crazy. <laughs> Don't get crazy. God died for all of us, and the gospel is for all of us. Not just the saved, but the unsaved, and not just the unsaved, but the saved. God sent his son, Jesus Christ, because you know what? We were lawbreakers. We were sinners. Sinners in need of a savior. The Bible is clear. It says the wages of sin is death. Death, eternal separation from God. Do not pass gold. Do not collect $200. There's no purgatory. There's no middle ground. There's no maybe, you know, there's no soul annihilation. You know, either you are going to be with the saints or you're not. And the other place is gnashing your teeth, so I don't think they're too happy that they're there. (laughs) I never see nobody gnash their teeth happy. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. But God in his infinite mercy and his infinite grace sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die in our place. And what we have to do is accept that sacrifice and say, Lord, I accept you. And then sin not, right? Sin no more. Turn from your wicked ways. Turn to Jesus. Repent. That means I'm going this way. Now I'm going to stop going that way. Okay? I got Jesus. I'm going to turn. I'm going to go this way. And experience his goodness. Experience his love. Experience his faithfulness. Because he's mm, good. I love that. My last example. This is my favorite one. I'm not going to lie. You know how you leave the best for last and everything. So the best is last. First Samuel. So. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, we see that the armies of God are lined up against the Philistines. Or Philistines, whatever, you know. I've heard it both ways. Um, so they're lined up. They're about, to, they're about to fight. All of a sudden, here comes this giant. <laughs> Coming out. Everybody's like, what is that? (laughs) Comes out. And he says, I've got a proposition. (laughs) This champion, whose name is Goliath, says, why don't you send down somebody, one of your champions, and we'll fight. This will be less bloody. Whoever wins 
will be the other one's servant. So he said, come on. When they heard this, the Bible says they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Not just a little bit, greatly afraid. And this went on two times a day for the next 40 days. In the morning, he came out, said, what's up? I defy you guys. Send down somebody so that we may fight. And we go away, come back at night, same thing. 40 days. Whenever he came out, oh, man, everybody's like, no, not me. You should go. You're the man. <laughs> Don't you want a little taste of the glory? <laughs> See what it tastes like. <laughs> oh, everybody's like, no, I'm good. I'm good. Oh. Hammy. <laughs> Loser limp. <laughs> can't fight today. I can't. I can't go out there, man. So then uh, the Bible tells us that uh, David's brothers, his older brothers went out there too because they, you know, they was fighting and stuff. They, they wanted to fight. And uh, David would go back and forth. And in one, Jesse, David's dad, he says, hey, listen, here's some supplies. Go up to your brothers and uh, hook them up. So he's like, all right. So as he's sitting there chit-chatting with his brothers, here comes Goliath. And says the same thing that he said for the past few, right? And they was like, what? What is going on here? This is crazy. In verse 23 of chapter, or verse 24 of chapter um, 17, it says, let me turn my page. And all the men of Israel, all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, Goliath, fled from him, and we're dreadfully afraid. <laughs> That's crazy. Dreadfully afraid. So the men of Israel said, have you seen this man who has come up? Have you seen this guy? You know, they were trying to go ahead and justify their fear. They're like, listen, you know, I fight against a regular man. That's, I ain't afraid of that. <laughs> but have you seen this guy? <laughs> have you seen him? He's a giant. He's huge. <laughs> oh, man. God hasn't called us to fight little people. Because you can defeat little people, right? <laughs> Ain't no thing. <laughs> Rabbit punch him. God has called us to fight giants. People that we know, we're like, oh. Okay, Lord, you're sending me right. You're sending me right. You're sending me right. You're sending me right. Right, right, right. Okay, let's go. Where am I at? 25.5. Thank you. Surely he has come up to defy Israel. And it shall be that the man who kills him the king will enrich with great riches, not just some, but great riches, will give him his daughter, nice, and give his father's house exemption from taxes in Israel, even better. The tax man, do not come in. That's a great promise. I like that. <laughs> then David spoke to the men who stood by him, saying, what shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach of Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? I love how David says this is the armies of the living God. This is not Saul's army, okay, because that's what Goliath was saying. Saul's army, Saul's army, you're the servants of Saul. Wait a minute, hold on a second. Were they not the children of God? Were they not the armies of the living God? I think they forgot. Fear. Amnesia. Right? You, oh, wait, no. It's just us. Tiny us. Wait, wait a minute. Hold on. Kind of like when you got in trouble. I had a big brother when I went to school. 
And so if something happened, you know what I'm saying? Oh, I'm going to get my brother on you. <laughs> right? And I talk all kinds of smack. Why? Because I'd be like, oh, I'll get my big brother on you. And then when we grew up, my little brother was actually bigger than my big brother. So I'd be like, I'm going to get my little brother on you. <laughs> we talk big game like that because we know who's backing us up. Right? Where am I at? 27. And the people answered him in this manner. Okay, hold on. Let me, let me. For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And the people answered him in this manner, saying, So shall it be done for the man who kills him. Now his brother got on him. He was upset. He was like, man, why are you talking all that noise? Making me look, come here, making me look bad, man. And sometimes that'll happen, you know. You're trying to go ahead and do something for the Lord, what God has called you to do and stuff, and people are like, man, what? His brother, he's just excited, you know. He's new to the Lord, and uh, he's just excited for Jesus, talking big, big stuff, you know what I'm saying? That's not how it works here, okay? Um... <laughs> Let me tell you how it works. We go ahead and kind of do stuff, but we don't really do stuff, okay? We go ahead and, and say, you know, we go through our classes, okay? We go through our classes and we check off those little check boxes. We don't really kind of rock the boat. We don't really you know, speak about Jesus to people. We don't really, like, invite people to come over. We don't really kind of do, no. We just, we kind of, you know what I'm saying? We learn a lot. And when we in church, oh, we go ahead and cut loose. You know what I'm saying? We go ahead and we're free. Freedom. <laughs> but when we go out, we're like. And if something happens, you know, at work, be like, oh, man, we need to pray. You're a Christian? I didn't know that. That's amazing. Man, all right. It's two of us. <laughs> Hiding out. I'm just talking about me. I don't know about you. I'm just, I'm just saying, me, sometimes I, ugh, I just fail. I fall so short sometimes. Anyway, so his brother got on him for talking all that noise. And it's funny, in uh, verse 29, David said, and David said, what have I done now? Is there not a cause? Then he turned from him toward another and said the same thing. And these people answered him as the first ones did really what's going to happen. Verse 31. Now when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul, and he sent for him. Then David said to Saul, <laughs> David is crazy. David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight this Philistine. Saul said to David, he probably cocked his head like this and said, your servant used to, be, used to keep his father's sheep. It's funny because he said used to. <laughs> He's like, I already done killed the, the, the giant. I'm already, you know, enriched with riches. I already married your daughter. I, you know, it's a done deal. We ain't paying taxes. I ain't paying taxes no more. I'm done. It's over. I used to, used to keep the sheep. And when a lion... Or, or a bear came, to t came and took a lamb out of the flock. I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Sometimes we go ahead and, and, and we're, we're kind of in a situation. David was too young to go fight, right? He, so he's probably like, man, I want to fight. I want to go off to battle, but eh, I'm too young. You know, so I'm tending the sheep. But while he was tending the sheep, man, he was killing a bear, killing the lion. So sometimes in our situations, we can't, we can't underestimate the season that we're in right now. Right. We got to remember that the, what we're doing right now is training for the next one. Because we remember how God helped us and delivered us from this situation. So when we come to that new situation where fear will come, we're able to remember. We don't have that amnesia. We're able to remember, wait a minute, God delivered me from that. 
So if God delivered me from that, if he provided then, if he saw me through then, why wouldn't he see me through now? Why, why would he leave me now? Why wouldn't he have provision for me now? If he's called me to do it, and I know that he's done it in the past, what makes me think that he won't do it again and greater? So we need to remember what God has done in our lives. And when the new situations come up, because they will come, especially if you're a Christian for real, them situations be rising up like all of a sudden. This is all of a sudden. I mean, listen, I don't think David woke up that day and figured he was going to go ahead and kill the giant. But that, that giant will come. Are you ready? Do you know who your God is? So when that, giant prevent, pre, when that giant presents itself, you say to, you say to yourself, self, self. self? <laughs> am I ready? Is God with me? Verse 37, moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me. From the, paw, from the hand, from the paw, from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and let the Lord be with you. <laughs> if you're crazy enough to talk like that, go ahead, man. Do your thing. And we skip over to, let's see, verse 40. Because, see, what happened in, in between there, Saul tried to go ahead and dress him in his armor. And he says, man, it's, it's bulky. It's not me. You know, you know that's just not, not what I'm used to. I'm going to take this off. I'm going to have to go ahead and operate on what I'm used to. I'm going to go ahead and bring my staff. I'm going to go ahead and get some stones. I'm going to be ready. And people are probably looking at him like, oh, man. If he was Spanish, they'd be like, bendito. <laughs> gonna die <laughs> they're measuring him making sure that you know they got a box for him to go ahead and send him home it's crazy his brothers didn't jump in though man what happened to them they were like you know, that's crazy verse 40 then he took his staff in his hand and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag in a pouch which he had and his sling was in his hand and he drew near the Philistine. So the Philistine came and began drawing near to David. And the man who bore the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him. For he was only a youth, ruddy and good looking. So the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog? That you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Oh, and David got mad. Said, and the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, Now, mind you, David's a youth, right? So he probably isn't really that big. And he's talking to the giant, and he said to the giant, Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day, I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines. See, Goliath said, I'm going to give your carcass. And David said, no, because of the Lord, all y'all going to die today. <laughs> all of y'all. And he said it just like that. All y'all going to die today. The Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth. That all the earth, everybody say, all the earth, all the earth. may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all the assembly shall know that the Lord does not say with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. But he was talking a big game. But he wasn't talking a big game just because he was talking a big game. But he knew who his God was. And he knew 
that God was going to deliver him. That's amazing. Oh, that we would have faith like that. I forgot. I lost my place. Where are we at? 48. Thank you. So it was. When the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, that David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. So David didn't, David didn't shy away. He wasn't like waiting there like, you know. He was like, oh, okay, all right, let's go. <laughs> he ran to him. Then David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone. And he's winding the, winding the sling, winding the sling, winding the sling. And he slung it and struck the Philistine in his forehead. So that the stone sank into his forehead. That is disgusting. <laughs> and he fell on his face to the earth. So it's crazy because the Philistine didn't fall backwards. He fell right on his face. Down to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. He didn't have no sword. Because it wasn't by his might. But it was by the Lord. So that all would know. That a youth, an unlikely person, one that the others had discounted, one that people had to quiet, would wanted to quiet him down, one that was like, ah, you, you're not, you're not qualified. We can't, we can't, we can't put you in the army. You ain't old enough. That's the one that God used, because he was the one that was willing. And that's all that God needs. Right? When we're willing, ooh, look out. God will go ahead and slay some giants now. But are we willing? Or are we greatly afraid? Or are we like, oh, I see the giant. Lord, I can't. My hammy. Lord, I can't because I'm not talented. Lord, I can't because, you know, my training and I... I I just, you know, I, 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 I. <laughs> David said, okay, Lord, you deliver me from the lion, deliver me from the bear. You are the God that is great, powerful, amazing. So we're going to go ahead and do this thing. God put it in his heart. And because he wasn't afraid, because he had courage to follow through, God rewarded him. And that day, man, he went from a zero to a hero. God is so amazing. So now this morning, we're going to go ahead and redefine fear. Fear, F, faith. Faith in who God is and what he says concerning you is absolutely true. Because if it wasn't, he wouldn't have said it. But because he said it, it's absolutely true. God is the one that we can trust without question. Because if he said it, it's true. We don't have to wonder. We can say, all right, Lord, I'm going to take you at your word. Let's get it done. We have to have faith that God is who he says he is and that he means what he says concerning us. Expect. We have to expect that we're going to feel afraid. Because when God calls us to do stuff, it's great things. So, of course, we're going to be a little afraid. Or sometimes we might be a lot afraid. But we cannot let fear paralyze us. We cannot let fear come between us and our blessing. We cannot let fear come between us and our purpose. But in turn, we have to be courageous. Courage. Courage is having the fortitude to do what we need to do, even though we're afraid. So even though we feel the way that we feel, we go out and we do it anyway. That is courage. We have to accept. Accept that God calls us to do things that we can't accomplish without him. When God calls us to do something, he doesn't just call us to do something you know, that we're like, oh, yeah, God, I got that. No, most of the time it's going to scare you. You're going to be like, wow, Lord, you want me to, I'm sorry, what? No, 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 okay. I need to pray and fast for like 40 days for confirmation of what you're telling me to make sure that we're good. And then I need you to send three prophets, you know, what, no, two. Every word has to be sent with two. Three. Okay, so you can send two, 
two, maybe three. Well, no, let's, let's, let's do three. Three, just to be sure. Uh, that this is what you want me to do, and then maybe I'll consider it. What is wrong with this? We have to accept that God is going to call us to do things that are great. They're going to require us to lean on him in order for them to be accomplished. And lastly, we need to reject, reject the voices that feed our fear. Because we are going to be afraid. And there are going to be voices that say, oh, no, yeah, you're right. No, um, yeah, I don't think God has called you to that either. Um, you should just sit and just quiet. No. God has called you to do it. You need to stand. You need to be courageous. We need to be courageous and just step forward, step out. Oh, if we would just step out and watch God do what I know that he wants to do through us. So, faith, expect, accept, and reject. Come on and stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, you might be in this place today, and you might say, oh, well, I'm afraid. I got fear. God has called me to do great things, but I'm just, I'm afraid to step out. Well, I'm here to tell you today that God is with you, and though he's called you to do some things that you might be scared to do, he's called you to do them, and not doing them would mean that you're being disobedient. Disobedience is a bad thing. Terrible thing. When we're disobedient, we're denying who God is and what he says is true. So if you're in this place and you say, you know what? I need help. I need courage. God has called me to do things and I've kind of put them on hold, put them, you know, put them on the back burner because they've been too great. It's been too much. Well, today is a day that that ends because we live in perilous times. We live in a time now that it is make or break. And God is trying to do great things through us no longer can we use the excuse that God I'm not I'm not ready I'm not equipped I'm not this I'm not that no God is saying listen I've called you to enter into that promised land and it is exceedingly good I mean you've heard people say it is exceedingly good so it's time it is time to step out it is time to say enough is enough Lord I'm tired of being afraid I'm tired of excuses I'm tired of all of that. If you said it, I believe it, and I'm going to walk in it. Amen.